This extremely long episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway today to support the show. Get access to ad-free episodes. No ads. Get access to our BSBOTs, Discord, and more. And best of all, you get to support the show. Buy Greg or I a coffee or a beer. Awesome time. Thank you. Emily Kaplan on the show today. Talk about the trade deadline. Greg and I have a lot to recap over the last week. There are some stories we don't even get to, which feels impossible. And without further ado, let's start talking about all of them now and get to Mark Messier. Let's get to the show. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Bushwick Break fans, welcome to the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, anything happened this week? I saw a cocaine bear. You did? Yeah. Also, Tara's coming to a wedding with me. Tara? People, the people <laughs> that haven't listened to this podcast before are very confused. Um, because uh, this is a big episode, so probably uh, a weird place to start. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, cocaine? no. This is this was my plan to throw you off base. Completely. How was Cocaine Bear? Excellent. Movie, oh, it's outrageous. Movie cinema? It's okay. outrageous. It's it's a good go with the group. That's what I would say. I I think I would have had a lot more fun if like five of our friends were there with me while we were seeing it. It does seem like a group outing. Like, it is hey, can you believe that happened? Absolutely amazing group watch movie. I will say that. Uh, I was going to talk about my really really bad fish dinner from Jane R Steakhouse in Islip last week. I'm sorry, not you got that I want to call it a house. No, yeah. hold on. this is on you. You it go was to the Friday. place. I don't care. Lent. <laughs> okay, like that means fucking anything to me. Not for um, me either, but um, but you, I, you go to okay if you want to do that, Ryan. I'm all for it. I'm all. Well, for listen, it. no, now I got to do this because listen, my mom, yeah. my. I, but that's fine. Me, like if you want to, if you want to, if you want to not eat meat, like real meat on Friday for Lent, that's fine. Just don't go to a place, anything steakhouse. That's on my, you. My mom was like, "Hey, listen, this place was good. I got it during the pandemic." She's like, "I'm really craving fish and chips." I was like, "Okay, that's weird that we're going there, but that's what she wants to do." So we went for mm-hmm. fish and chips, and she decided to get something else. But I was like, I'll get the fish and chips so you can have that too. They pretty much gave me battered fried balls. Yeah, because it yeah, was... it's a steakhouse. <laughs> this, I, I am, listen, like if you went, if you went to Moisha's and ordered the chicken teriyaki, like that's on you, man. Right. Okay, fair. Rest in peace, Moisha's, by the way. I know. I thought they were, I think they're still trying to open a new location in Montreal. Hope they do. For tre- tremendous restaurant. Okay, let's best, get to... Best steak I ever had in my life. No unbelievable. Uh, a lot has happened. What? And the way we've decided to do this podcast is to go chronologically from the last time we recorded. And that was we recorded after the Jets game last mm-hmm. Monday. Mm-hmm. So that game we covered. Great. Tuesday comes. And well, I think... Sudden- hold on. I, I do think we need to peel the layers back on Monday a little bit because there are important factors here. And people need okay. to remember what exactly the mood was like on monday and how we ended up here so before the game started we recorded with puckpedia our friend Hart, and we were like break down kane for us one more time even though it's not gonna fucking happen that was literally our mood on monday as the game happens on monday you and i come on the podcast rangers get fucking goalied by connor hellebuck put up 50 plus shots Hard, hard, hard luck loss, blah, blah, blah. People angry at Igor, blah, blah, blah. He didn't speak to the media. That became a thing for fucking 36 hours. Oh, but yeah. The, Igor didn't speak to the media. Yeah. But, like, the mood <laughs> the mood on Monday was people hate Igor now. 
Kane's not coming, but haha, LOL, this is a fun joke to talk about. That was the mood on Monday, Ryan. That was how the week started. Like, I, I think that's an important base to really firm out here. Okay, that's true. Then on Tuesday, the great base to start. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, I heard a I heard a little rumor, a little scoop that we actually Emily does say on this show that uh, Kane was told that he was headed to the New York Rangers before the Terrace Ankle Tree. Okay, mm-hmm. and then at that time, the St. Louis Blues, whatever happened, decided, hey. Instead of getting Patrick Kane, how about we... You will take Sammy Blay, okay? Hey, Chris Jordan was like, what? His ears perked up like he was a dog and someone just poured f- food in his bowl. He's like, you'll take Sammy Blay? Okay, I'll come back to you. So Kane, at this point, is already told he's going to be a Ranger. Cool. Handshake agreement. They get a discount deal on Tarasenko. They preferred Tarasenko over Kane. Vince Mercogliano has reported this as well, where uh, they were scared about the hip. They just didn't want to pay the full price for Kane. They get that. They go get Tarasenko. They go get Miko Nikola. Then all of a sudden, they give away a first-round draft pick. One of the le- the lesser one, another draft pick. Sammy Blake goes the other way. All good. They're ready to roll. They can go out and get Tyler Mott maybe one other piece. Mm-hmm. And again, then, I, we, we mentioned this with Emily, and it's worth mentioning again. On Tuesday, while this story is coming out, that's fine and all, but we want to make it perfectly clear. Hindsight, 2020, whatever. No one can say the Rangers were always in on Kane because they weren't. If the Rangers wanted both Kane and Tarasenko, Drury would never have traded for Tyler Mott because even though he included Julian Goche in that deal and that cleared out $800,000 in space, he was still adding north of five hundred k to his salary cap ledger, which is something he would not have done if he thought that Patrick Kane was coming. We know this for fact. This isn't speculation. This is stone-cold reporting. Drury was never intending to get Patrick Kane as recently as Tuesday, Ryan. Then Tuesday comes. Well, Wednesday. No, no, Tuesday. This is when I started hearing stuff. Okay. Well, Tuesday is when Kane said, fuck you, I'm going to the Rangers. Yes. Tuesday is when he says that. He has a full-court press, whether it's him and Pat Brisson. Brisson. But then all of a sudden, all these other reports come out. Hey, there's a lot of teams interested in Patrick Kane. I, just, a lot. I love it. You corrected yourself on his last name and said it wrong twice. Brisson? <laughs> Isn't it Brisson? Is it? I think, it, I think it's French-Canadian there, buddy. Lafreniere, Lafreniere, who cares? <laughs> um, so... <laughs> or Laf- or Shana, the, I love Shayna, and she is the only, not the only newsbreaker, but a top three newsbreaker for me. I do, we need, do need to ask her why she always says Lafreniere. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't question it. She, I know she you don't. More news I than wanna, I do. Next time she's on, I'm going to be like, "Hey, what's up there? What's up with Lafreniere?" Um, but so Pat Brisson, <laughs> better. Um, he 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 put out a statement saying there's many many teams interested in Patrick Kane. He could sure. go anywhere. It's very possible. When yeah. the deal was, was frankly pretty much done that day on, yeah. on on that Wednesday by Wednesday afternoon, it was seemingly a lock that Kane was going to be a Ranger. They just had to work out the financials. Which is the rest of the week, and that's when hell sort of begins. The Rangers play on that Thursday the yep. Red Wings. Yes, and it they, felt like that's that was the apex of Kane's coming, where it kind of felt like somehow it was going to get announced mid-game that Kane was going to be a New York Ranger. It did that seem was, that way. That was the vibe. I, I mean, I did a playback with our friends Matty Jack and Dan LaRose, who have both hosted various episodes of this year podcast and 
back in the New York groove and BSBOT and so on. Wow, nice and we, I Shit, man, I'm getting all out of there. Uh, <laughs> and the, the general vibe in the chat during the game, um, even when Winged Wheel came on the show, we were all saying, at what point in this game will the Patrick Kane trade be official? That was the mood on Thursday. But then as the day went along, you start doing the math a little bit, which is not our strong suit. But it no, involved which is why we have heart for Puckpedia. Right. It involved Kravsov leading it leaving. It involved Phantom J going on waivers at some point in time. It involved the third team. It involved other people that would have to come off the roster. But Thursday, I would say we reached peak Kane is a Ranger. And now we just need to figure out the how, which does take us to Friday. Because that's when the house started to get a little fucking you, weird. You don't want to talk about how the Rangers got their ass kicked in that game. I sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, be, I will say, I, it was tough. We did an OT after that game. And Ryan from Winged Wheel, he, he's a Red Wing fan. He has no reason to try to butter my bread at any point in time. And by the end of the second period, his exact take on that game was, hmm, kind of a hard luck, hard luck position for the Rangers here because it feels like they're playing better than the Red Wings right now. And I, I think we should also mention that Thursday, for whatever reason, Yaro Halak got the start, which only then continued to be the pylon Igor bandwagon for some reason that we still haven't fucking figured out. That also only got worse. It did only get worse. And uh, luckily, they did get to start it back-to-back. Not for good reasons. Not for good reasons. Uh, so the Red Wings do it in that game. And one thing we did talk about on OT, one last plug for a while, I promise, uh, was the distractedness of the team. And I, one of the things I hate most, and I'm, I know some of you are going to yell at your radio, or whatever, iPod, whatever you're listening to this on. IPod. And, uh, yeah, just stick with You it. think people are still rocking minis on their These fucking armbands? These people are. They, <laughs> when, when, when someone, when I say this team is, looks distracted and seems like they're not all there, and they respond with, they're professionals. I can't take you seriously. <laughs> like, these are human beings. Yeah, these they're are, the same, they're the same people who will go to work on March 16th and make sure their browser has March Madness on it. They are. They are. But they aren't distracted, Ryan. They're professionals. No, I I, I know a lot of great professionals. People who are, like, even the, the most elite of elite become distracted in certain situations. The, mm-hmm. the performance dips, and if it's even 10%, you can notice it. And yep. that's what happened in that game. And they got the, the brake speed off them, and we move on to Saturday. Well, Friday, no, no, no. Hold on. Two things. Two important things happened. One that happened on Thursday that we need to mention. That was the introduction of players being held out due to uh, roster management, which is for some reason the vernacular the Rangers the first decided time to use. in Ranger history that that has ever happened. Like the Rangers, like uh, I forget who said this to me, but it was like if James Dolan sneezes, they want to cover it up. Yes. <laughs> like, and this time. This time they were like, yeah, when it said Vitaly Kravtsov is is scratched due to roster management, it was like, if you didn't oh, even no mention shit. that, yeah, if he, he was going to get scratched no matter what, so the fact that he was just being held out of the lineup wouldn't have been news, except that the Rangers made it news. And then the other thing that happened Thursday, to to harken back to some show we do behind a paywall on some website that most people subscribe to, um, I went on that show and at the time I was like, boy, this really is starting to feel like that week leading up to the Mets trading for Ioannis Cespedes. And I was given examples, and I didn't realize how perfect that analogy was going to be by this time today. Like, it, it's just verbatim. But again, roster management reasons is why Vitaly Kravtsov and Phantom Jake were held out on Thursday night. 
which led us to believe, Ryan, that on Friday something was going to happen with those two players. And we were all like, 2 o'clock, something's going to go down for the Rangers at 2 o'clock. And nothing happened. Nothing! <laughs> but, like, it, I, I do think it's worth talking about how the Rangers could have bought themselves an extra day with the salary. And because they didn't, they're in this extremely weird position now. But I do, like, you're holding Jake out, okay, for a game on Thursday. And you're calling it for roster management reason. To me... The only reason you didn't put him on waivers on Friday, because now the Rangers had two days they could have done it. They could have done it Friday. They could have done it Saturday. But all of us figured you would have just done it on Friday because, one, the team was off, and, two, it bought you even more time to make the Kane trade happen in terms of the money. The only reason in my mind that Drury didn't, that I can think of that makes any kind of sense, is the Blackhawks got a little high and mighty, and they're like, you know... I don't know if you saw Pat Brisson and his tweets. And we can send him other places. And I wonder if you, the New York Rangers, might us, offer us a little more just to make this deal go down faster. And Jerry probably said, how about you go fuck yourself? I'll keep my player. <laughs> and you cannot trade Patrick Kane anywhere because I know he wants to be a New York Ranger. So it's almost Drury calling the Chicago bluff on Friday. Which takes Which, us to Saturday. Which, by the way, try, like, Chris Drury's one of the most stubborn GMs there is. It's, uh. <laughs> it, it, he's, he's up there. And yeah. to think, like, he know, he wasn't going to do this unless he was, quote-unquote, like, literally forced. Like, mm-hmm. he, his hand must have been forced from Patrick Kane. Like, if I say no to this, I'm an idiot. That was the only way he could do this. If and I again, say no to... But not just that, like, take into consideration... Brisson is one of the most powerful agents in the National Hockey League. You're going to say no to his client? Probably like, not. I mean, this is a bad example because the Mets have said no very publicly to Scott Boris over the years. But imagine a non-Met team saying no to Scott Boris. And he's like, cool, I'm just not going to talk to you ever again. There's only a couple teams that do that. And it's it's teams that have other ways of building. Um, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays? And the Braves. The Braves also do it. Yeah, well, um, they let all their Boris clients walk. They do. Every single time. And Max Fried, where's he going to be pitching in two years? Because it ain't going to be Atlanta. It's not going to be Atlanta. And with with Brisson, it's the same way. Like you need to maintain these relationships. And I think that's the fourth about... different time you've pronounced it something different. In Brisson. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this now takes us. No, I was going to mention that with Kravtsov's agent in just a minute as well. Yes. And now the important thing that is worth considering again that we all thought this roster move was going to happen on Friday is because Saturday was a one o'clock game. So that game started before players got put on waivers. So us logicals out there, they're not a lot of us, but to some of us, we would say, oh, they're not, the Rangers aren't going to make roster moves in the middle of a hockey game that they are playing. Surely they'll do it on Friday, an off day, where this stuff can get settled and it won't distract the team from what happens on the ice. Shall we now discuss every fucking thing that happened Saturday on that ice? I can't even... I can't, can, all right, so I did talk, talk about the, this is perfect. We're going back to the dinner I had with my mother. So, okay. um, <laughs> worst dinner I've ever had. Sorry, JR Steakhouse and Iceland. Um, and from there, uh, I decided, okay, this week is going to suck. And my mom was like, it's, it's funny, it's going to suck. So we watched, um, my mother has become obsessed with the Nottingham Forest trees. Just obsessed. Like, 
follows like seven Facebook groups, whatever. I tried to make her a Liverpool fan. Didn't work out for me. Um, yeah, they cost and, me money this weekend, by the way. Well, she we watched the game. She was like, well, the dinner was so bad last night. There's no way they're going to lose this. They lost 4 nothing in this game. Let in three goals in about seven minutes. So for me, I, I looked at her and I said, you know what? This week, this weekend is just going to continue to be probably terrible. Like the Rangers are probably going to get shithoused and a major Ranger will get injured. So let's talk about Saturday's game. <laughs> well, because these, these things seem to happen, like everything seemed to happen right at 2 o'clock. The first yep. being Ryan Lindgren hurts his shoulder. That's that's domino number one. Yeah, can so, we talk about that hit? Because I feel like, we, again, we have a lot of time to kill here. So TJ Oshie scores the first goal, hits sure Ryan Lindgren, scores the second goal. Um, I didn't think it was a particularly dirty hit. I saw Subban talking to uh, Mark Messier, who I... Mark Messier, man. Friend of the he show. He thinks this podcast is great, but sometimes he's, he's not the one. best on the desk. Um, and Subban was like, I never put myself... Mark was like, I never put myself in those positions. Subban was talking about, you know, those are hits I take all the time. It was kind of a freak situation. I'm going to give Oshi the credit, the, the, some credit here. Like, I don't think it was meant to be malicious in any in any terms. Was it a little bit questionable? Yeah, maybe. But for the most part, like, I didn't come away from that being like, man, TJ Oshi, TJ Oshi is a dirty player, like at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, TJ Oshi for some reason is an easy player to hate, and by for some reason, I mean TJ Oshi is an easy player to hate. Um, as it happened, I didn't think it was dirty. It kind of just felt like bad timing, bad luck more than anything else. I understand why Gallant says what he says, calling it a dirty, bad hit. You have to do that to protect your player, especially when it's a team leader like Lindgren and he's forced out of your lineup on a game night, by the way. Second time in a row you're playing 11 forward, 7 defensemen, and you're not actually trying to play Ben Harper. Um Holy shit, I'm realizing now that we're going to somehow have to talk about the Sunday night game after this, and that's itself is going to take an hour and a half. We but, got time. Um, <laughs> like Lindgren, it didn't feel dirty. I just, anytime P.K. Subban says something like, Ryan Lindgren needed to put himself in a better situation, it just makes me want to slew foot the ever-loving shit out of P.K. fucking Subban. Like, I was talking about this. I, we did another playback on Saturday while you weren't there. But Maddie Jack and I were talking. And I understand why Subban is valuable to ESPN. And I understand why he's a great person for them to have on their desk. One, he's never going to be afraid to shy away from his own opinion. Two, he's really well-spoken. He is a phenomenal... He's also, he's also incredibly cool, which yeah. is annoying. And, and three, he has enough of a public persona where someone like... Your mom and my mom might know who PK Subban is, even though they have no idea what fucking hockey is. Right? So like, like, oh, he's the guy that that sponsored the children's hospitals. Like, oh, I've seen he, him on he the dated news. The, Lindsay Vaughn's ex. Yes, oh, cool. I, I know PK Subban. So, like, Subban, we've talked about this in other ways before, but ESPN isn't trying to market to the yous and the me's and the people listening to the show. They have us hook, line, and sinker. They can yeah, we're put, here. Yeah, we're going no matter what. Like, they could put Mussolini up there, and we'd be like, well, now that's an interesting choice, and we're watching no matter what. The, we're, we're in. If a Ranger game is on, ESPN knows where you are coming. So they are not marketing to us. They are marketing to the middle where it's a Saturday afternoon, and you are choosing between which big college basketball game, fucking golf, and everything else that's going on. I think it was like... Daytona 500 weekend too. So like ESPN knows they're in competition 
for eyeballs. And they know P.K. Subban is going to help them keep the eyeballs tuned onto ESPN. So I get while he's there, and I'm not criticizing them for that hire, but I just fucking don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. Like, (laughs) I know how he was as a player, and I, like... If he if if Subban is saying Lindgren needs to do a better job of putting his body in a certain position to prevent injury, to me that means the hit was questionable. Because if Subban thinks that, then I'm like, oh, I know what he was like as a player. So, oh, she's in the wrong here. That is what this is confirming for me. Then the rest of the game happened. Well, no, so- hold on. Before the rest of the game, we still need to talk about again the Lindgren injury happens, and now everyone's like LTIR question mark. But in the middle of the game. Jake decision gets waived. Phantom Jake gets put on waivers in the middle of this hockey game at 2 p.m. that is taking like, place. Elliot Freeman, Elliot Freeman tweets, I believe, at like 1.46, like, believe Phantom Jake will be on waivers. No fucking shit, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no way. Uh, we no we way. knew the Rangers had two days to do it, so they were going to do it on Saturday, which, again, odd decision considering they were playing a hockey game. But these are professionals, Ryan. They're absolutely not distracted by what's going on. Uh, and then the rest of that, I guess... If we want to, do we want to just yada yada our way through the game? Because it was bad. Like, Igor did not have a good game again. Even more people piled on the Igor apparently sucks. We don't, we don't want to yada yada, but it is important to bring this up. And something we've talked about a lot in this show. That when Ryan Lindgren goes down, this team looks like a disaster. Yeah. And they, bro- this, they, they break that on Sunday night, but still. This, this time, it, it's... This one, I, I don't want to say the narrative isn't true because we've seen it happen enough where any game in which Ryan Lindgren leaves injured, I think the Rangers are like 0-10. I, I can't remember one in which they won. But this one, it's like they were already playing with 11 forwards and they're trying to juggle that and it's clearly not going well. And then you lose Lindgren, so Ben Harper, who doesn't play the game before with the exception of, I think, two a minute 37 is now being thrust into a position where he's just been sitting around for 20 minutes and has to play meaningful hockey against a Capitals team that feels somewhat motivated because they just traded Garnett Hathaway and Dmitry Orlov, and they feel like ownership is signaling to them that they're just quitting on them and they want to give them a big fuck you and are playing a little better. Um, but I, I think if Thursday was the apex of Kane to the Rangers when... I think Saturday was the apex of does Igor stink now, which was maybe a top three most annoying narrative we've ever had to discuss or even acknowledge you know what the in the history of this podcast. Were, the top one and two was? Is Henrik Lundqvist stink now? <laughs> like, <laughs> And then two was probably Tony D'Angelo in some way, shape, or form. Uh, uh, yep, I think that's the top three, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I I don't know what to tell people. It's It's... I, we said this on Monday, and I, I hate that it feels like we have to parrot ourselves a little bit here, but Igor's fine. Guys go through periods in which they're not their normal selves. He's not going to blame any one p- specific reason, and quite frankly, it probably isn't one specific reason. It's probably a cumulative effect from multiple reasons that have caused this little hiccup in his game. But if there's anything, anything... I am sure of between now and game one of the National Hockey League playoffs, said Igor Shosturkin is the least of my concerns. Um, it's it's really up there for me. I don't really like. How could you be concerned about Igor Shosturkin? I understand there are people. I, I our dear friend Kurt, like he was like, hey, I don't think he's an all time goalie because this year he was this, this year was that. I was like, he's very very good. 
And and those even those some of the shots he let in were all like very high danger. He's incredible. And there are times when when he gets the chance to turn it on and when he gets into a groove, of which I hope he's getting into right now, he's unbeatable. Um and Vasilevsky let in six over the weekend. We don't talk about it at all. Totally fine. Yeah, and it's also as last season was happening, we all got together and agreed, wow, we will probably never see another season like this from any goaltender ever again. And now the narrative is, wow, I can't believe he's not playing like he did last season. He's we all like, said the first part. You said, said it would never happen goals, again. Gold save against. Like he's uh, goal, or average XG, whatever. Um, he's fine. Like I, he's I don't really know. Good. I don't. I don't know how more cl- plainly to say the man is fine. He's fucking so J- fine. So Phantom Jake gets waived. Sure does. Then, then in the middle of the game as well, Vitaly well, Krasov gets traded. Well, once once it was at the start of the third period, and the, the Rangers were down four one. They were fucking buried and dead. And the Rangers were just like, "This is the perfect time to announce that we found our money launderer, and we're just going to announce half this trade early, where they send Krasov to the Canucks for literally nothing. The the whatever the Hockey equivalent of nothing actually is. What, they got, they got I, the I'm guy not going to look up his name, but I think it was William Townsend? No, it was the guy from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> what is his name? Will Will Flint Lockwood. Will Flint Lockwood. Okay. Well, no, Flint Lockwood is the character from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Will Lockwood is the guy the Rangers actually acquired. I am now combining them into one person. He's the guy from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Because quite I honestly... They're both as likely to play for the New York Rangers. Well, the good news is that the Rangers did ask about Niels Hoglander, and they said, how about Flint Lockwood? <laughs> said, yeah, yeah okay, and that I, good. I still, I, I get why, in theory, you would want Hoglander. But I think I mentioned this on one of our shows recently, where it's like, why are you trading a guy that the coach doesn't want to play for a guy that the coach will not want to play? Like, why, why, why bother at that point? Yeah, it's, well... It was, and it is confirmed now that they are eating the salary for Patrick Kane. Yes, which is why, which, which is what it felt obvious. Sense. It felt obvious in the moment that it's like, oh, these two teams were talking about something else, and they yada yadded to half of the finish line. And good, we should say, good for Vitali. He's going to get a chance there, or at least he should. No, um, he'll get a chance. It's Vancouver, man. Like if he can't get a chance there, he can't play in the NHL. I, I mean, it's not like Vancouver's a well-run organization, so there's no, 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 they're a disaster. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, I mean, JT Miller's now week to week, so like there are plenty of openings in that lineup. Was where... the JT Miller trade rumor, which by the way blew my mind at one a.m. last night? Uh, there was a what just, now? There was a JT Miller trade rumor to who? Uh, to anywhere. Uh, even our friend Shana tweeted it out. Like JT Miller might be on the the move. guy who just signed an eight-year extension. Yes. yes. With, with Vancouver. Yeah. I, like a, yeah. I mean, there's a chance Vitaly Kravtsov doesn't play with the Canucks, I guess. Again, we should make that point clear because not the greatest team in the world. Imagine signing a guy for eight years and then being like, wow, bad idea. Um, well, imagine training for Oliver Ekman Larson. That's something else Vancouver did. That was crazy. Uh, yeah, it's I, – I, I, there were Ranger fans that were like, Jesus, this is all we got for Kravtsov. And I don't know what other way – to tell you that just because we think Vitaly Kravtsov is an underused player, undervalued asset, and should theoretically get more in a trade package, the Rangers did nothing to encourage other teams that this guy is actually... Again, you'd like to think that showcasing is a thing. I got to ask you why they weren't showcasing Vitaly Kravtsov then, Ryan. No, I do think showcasing is a thing. And okay, and did. then now what, what? what's the reason here? 
They uh, they did not. I, both everybody hated him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone just, hates fights like raps. So the Rangers, like a TV show. the Rangers make it clear that they quit on this guy, and he is on a one year deal. It wouldn't. It would literally be the third time he's gone back to Russia. So any teams like you're telling me you want me to give you a third round pick for a player you actively don't want to play and is at least potentially ready to call it a day and go home. Well, I'm not going to do that. Let me make a case for Ranger fans that that say, well, it, first of all, you're correct. It, it is terrible asset management. Uh, Awful. Yeah. Uh, just as bad as it comes. And to to get more for Elias Anderson, that hurts. But they also Leas- traded Leas to his dad's organization. Right, and Leas is now ripping it up in the AHL. Who knows if he'll ever be an NHL player, but he is at least doing that. So he's showing some promise. So if, Mr. If, if Mr. Let's say Evgeny Kravtsov was in the Vancouver Canucks organization. I think they would have gotten more for the kid. I agree with you. But to to calm everyone's nerves, at least in some way, if you're thinking, okay, we got nothing for Vitaly Kravtsov. Like, well, no, you didn't get nothing. You got Patrick Kane. You you got Patrick Kane. This is part of the Patrick Kane deal. And it's not just the Patrick Kane for this year. And I I think it's time to start. We talk about it later with Emily, but... if Patrick Kane only wanted to play for the Rangers this year, it's not like he's going to want to play for another team next. <laughs> Imagine he's like, you know what? I really you know want to finish. Sucked. <laughs> I really like. I really just wanted to spend a couple really difficult months in New York, and then I'm really thinking Texas I'm, is right for me. I'm out of here. I love the stars. <laughs> like I just yeah. And so if you're not just getting one rental year. Like I I I find it very hard to believe that Tarasenko will be a Ranger next year unless. There is a magical beanstalk Ooh, that more more. Uh, here's a fun game for you, Ryan. Well, uh, harken back to who gets traded first, Chris Bryan or Jack Eichel? Who's more likely to stay in the city they're currently playing in? Patrick Kane in two years or Timo Meyer in two years? Oh, this is good. <laughs> and then I'll do. I'll do once you answer that. Who's more likely to be in the city they're currently in two years? Patrick Kane or Jesper Bratt? So for the first one, I am going to say Timo Meyer, okay. and I I do believe there was, and I have no. I, there sometimes I know things, and even though people think I don't know things, but which is fair because if you listen to this show, you would, when you listen to me, I you'd say this guy knows nothing, and you're yeah, right. Yeah, I mean again, Pat Brisson, Brisson, and uh, <laughs> from there, I I do think there's sort of a handshake agreement with Timo. Like he's just. I can't imagine he doesn't stay a devil. He's friends with everybody on that organization. Right, like they have I, all the Swiss players now, apparently. I think they figure it out. Now, but, your answer to number one is why you're answering differently on number two. That's uh, true. Uh, if they do find a, sign, a way to sign both, I'll be sick. But I just, I don't know, man. Kane, I imagine Kane to be a Ranger for two more years after this. Yeah, kind I think he will be a Ranger for two and a half years. I'm with you. I th- and I think he might retire after that. Who knows? But yes. well, that that's down that's down the road. Yeah. But Jesper Brad. I mean, my he man. He might be a Ranger for eight years. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're the you're the fourth most important person on that Devils team. You really want to stay? Yeah. Let's. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm I'm just gonna do the Steve Cohen principle here, where I'm just gonna start naming guys that I think like Manny Machado signs an 11 year deal, so it's like cool. I've always wanted Otani anyway, so it doesn't hurt me. Like I'm just gonna start doing that with the Rangers, where it's like. The Devil fans are going to be happy about Timo Meyer. It's like, yeah, it's cool, but Jesper Bratt's going to look great on Broadway. Showtime. So, uh, 
That's oh boy. Anyway, um, that's Saturday. <laughs> that's just that's just Saturday. And good for my Tyler Crafts up, by the way. Um, I, I'm happy to see him get a chance. I hope he, he help me makes the most of it. Uh, I I saw some potential in him. I think he's a bottom six winger. I hope he becomes that. That's it. That's all you can really say. If he's going to be okay now, if he's going to pop out as a bottom six winger in the NHL, why wouldn't he just go back to Russia and be a star? I guess the whole war thing is a probably problem. the war thing. It's probably yeah. a part of it. It's not ideal. It. Not a lot of money currently being spent on hockey players in Russia. From my some other stuff going on. Yeah, it's tough. Some other stuff going on. It's tough. Uh, yep, yeah, I'm with you. All right, that was Saturday. Saturday. Then Sunday. Sunday happens. Uh, now, a conversation I had with our friend Dan, who's been referenced on this show multiple times, uh, when I was on, the, on I was driving back to Philadelphia, was you better not um, be driving if you're talking to Dan. I'm just saying. Two listen, hands on he, the wheel, Ryan. I, it's, it's Bluetooth, Greg. It's 2023. Mm. So, oh, you don't uh, want to talk to your wife? She was with her parents. <laughs> I'm gonna let her have that. I'm not getting my personal stuff. So, <laughs> talk about my my restaurant type with my mom. Anyway, um, he was like, well, "Listen, what's the worst that could happen? Like, what's something that could make this Patrick Kane deal take even longer and it's and it falls through?" I was like, "Dude, nothing can happen." Okay, so the game happens. <laughs> they, there is. They are openly saying we are not playing Brady Schneider. We are not playing Ryan Carpenter after Ryan Carpenter was called up from the AHL. Which did didn't make a lot of – so I think at first, Lashizan goes through waivers, and then unbeknownst to any of us, the Beats included, we all just didn't know this rule existed where if you can afford it in the salary cap, you have to dress 18 skaters. A rule that is bonkers. Why is that a rule? Why? Why? Why are you requiring it? You know what this is, Ryan? This is our fantasy baseball discussion all over again when I wanted to leave empty spots in my roster. It's true. We're not going to get into that. But, <laughs> but, but, but hockey's like, no, fuck you. You have the money to do it. You have to play these guys. Sort of a salary floor. I kind of see it. Okay, I, I see, see it, it too. But I guess then the question is, you could have just kept Jake. <laughs> right? Yeah, so they were like, okay, we've watched Jake play hockey. We would rather have Ryan. But he wasn't even going to play. Ryan. I know. That's the point. I know. So... Um, so now we get to Spitgate. Well, so no, they, hold on. We're, we're, I'm still not at the point yet. So they announced Carpenter's up, and we're all like, all right, fine. The Rangers, by law, apparently have to play these players. And then as we're inching closer to puck drop, we're, the Rangers are just like, yeah, we, ha- we dress these guys, but we're actually not going to play them. Which I then have to know, again, why did Carpenter come up, and why didn't we just put Lindgren on the bench to sit in Jersey knowing he wasn't going to play anyway. Well, he was still in a sling until this morning, which is right. No, he wasn't. Right. They, they, he wasn't in a sling in the Broadway hat video last night. I know. That's, that's what I was saying. Um, so that was last night during the game. He's not in a sling. Correct. Okay, fine. He's not yeah, in a sling. So again, even if he's in a sling, Thanks, Ryan, I'm not asking him to play. You can sit on the bench with a sling under your Jersey, keeping your arm stabilized. And it could just look like you're fine. I'm just, why did you call, why call a player up who's literally not going to play? I understand the sitting Schneider and being like, we're just going to have to make do with five defensemen tonight because we have to send this guy down after the game and we can't do that if he's hurt. Uh, which, by the way, something I mentioned on the podcast on Monday last week, Ryan. I Very nice. Point that out So there. the guys the guys don't play. They don't and play. I'll, That's it, the plan. The plan was for the Rangers to play with 11 forwards and five defensemen. And Braden Snyder's face is like, what is going on? Like, yep. why can't I get out there? Also, did you, see, did you see today that he's going from making $9,000 a day to $856 a day for the next two days? That seems pretty bad. It's like, 
I'm sure James Thorne at the end of the year is under the table going to be like, Brayden, Bubba, Brayden, Bubby. I bought this amazing house for your family. <laughs> it's here's, a gift from me. Here's, you know, I found this $20,000 just sitting around my house as I was clearing out to move stuff into the MSG sphere in Vegas, and I think you should have it. <sighs> the MSG sphere. Okay, so the game starts. Uh-huh. Uh, the Rangers are playing down. They get a lead. They get a lead. Yeah, Vincent, was... Tro- Vincent Trocek, by the way, in this game is insane. But oh, but this was pre-Trocek. This was. Trocek is third and fourth goal, correct? This was a, like, I, I don't know, but Aaron this was a boys goal. to men goal to start the game. It was. And then uh, Lafreniere as well. And it was kind of like a, a weird tap-in. They, they got 2-0 real quick. Real quick. It's like, okay, cool. This is this is going to go well. And then Keandre Miller um, and Joe and Sam are kind of like, what is going on? Why, what could they even be reviewing? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. And uh, they play the replay, and Keandre Miller uh, spits a big, nasty loogie. Um, which, by the way, and I guess we'll get this out of the way right now. Um, players spit on the ice nonstop like, yep. all the time. If you ever watch any sport, uh, you can just see players spitting constantly. If you run it like high, if you're doing high level like athlete stuff, a lot of the time your mouth is dry or fill saliva, you spit. Move on. It's part of the thing. Uh, so Keanu Miller spits, and mm-hmm. it's in the general direction of Drew Dowdy, and it hits him. Yeah, square in the face. Square in the face. Now Keandre, right after, skates over to his teammates, is like, "I spit," and it hit him, saying it was an accident. And then immediately after the game, got to speak with them directly. And apparently it's kind of all water under the bridge. But I think there's a few things we could talk about with this. First, right. um, got to have some game awareness and spit awareness, country. Well, I think, <laughs> I think first, I think first, let's call a spade a spade here. I would, I know people wouldn't mind it if Keandre spit in their face. I might be one of them. Yeah. And I listen, I know that was going to be one of the most popular jokes that there was on Twitter. And mm-hmm. it, it just, it did not disappoint. like, Keandre can spit on me, and I get it. Like, hey, I'm with you, but I'm not against you. But at the same time, like, maybe we maybe we think about what's going on about spitting. Yeah, I don't think but, he did it on purpose. By the I way, mean, it would have been, I guess, it would, it would benefit that this didn't happen three years ago. Like, yes, imagine this happened in, in the bubble. I can't even imagine. Uh, that would have been. A didn't someone but, spit on someone in the bubble, and we were all like, "This is." An outrageous offense that someone should go to jail for. I don't for. know if they did, but I don't remember. I just feel like it, that's something that happened. Sure, it feels like a, it feels like a storyline that could have yeah. could have went down, but I'm not going to make it up. So, Keandre, Keandre apologizes. I don't think it was malicious in any single way. No, I understand why they threw him out of the game. Like, yes. that must be the rules, and he did spit on a guy's face. Well, also, uh, especially from the standpoint of everything, everything looks worse in slow motion, right? Oh, so, big, like, big time in slow motion. If you isolate the incident. It sure looks like Keandre Miller is hawking a loogie directly at Drew Doughty because it's in slow motion. You're centered on it visually, and it it just in your in your mind's eye in that specific replay, you cannot fathom how this is possibly happening if there isn't intent. But then, like, I don't know, like you're in a scrum, things are going on. You just like it's it's you zone it's out. like a knee jerk reaction where you, oh, yep. this is where I usually. Spit because something's in my mouth. I, I need to get it right, out. It was a and you, brain dead moment. Yeah, There's no other just, way to say you, it. You lose awareness of where the hell you are on the ice. And I think that could have happened to fucking anybody, even Brad Marchand. Um, but it, I don't think you need to do a whole lot of mental gymnastics to realize, one, what kind of player Keandre Miller is. Two, what kind of person he is on and off the ice. And three, 
uh, Emily brings this up too when we talk about the Keandre Miller incident later in the show. Just like, this is so out of character that either something egregious had to have happened on the ice or it just had to be a plain, simple accident. And quite frankly, Ryan, I am thrilled that it's just a plain, simple accident because Lord knows what this conversation would be like if it comes out that Drew Doughty deserved it. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I, I would not want to be doing this podcast right now. If no, if we, I, I promise you we wouldn't have started on Monday. No. Um, so Keandre just put out a statement today. Uh, I'll just read it real quick because I think it's important. said, I wanted to take a moment to address what occurred in last night's game. I have all the respect in the world for Drew Dowdy and what is what happened was a complete accident. I never intended to do something like that on purpose. It goes against everything I am as a person and a player. I felt awful about it, and I am thankful to Drew. I am thankful Drew gave me the opportunity to apologize and explain to myself in person after the game. Yeah, and I mean, let's also talk about the, the machinations of the behind-the-scenes works here, too. It's important to put that statement out there if you're going into a hearing. You want to get ahead of it. Yeah, and I I, I kind of do feel like they're, like they're going to give him three games, kind of no matter what here. I, I, I don't know. I, you have to remember, any time a player gets a match penalty, they consider that a game itself. So it's the league is going in, think, if, under the impression in their eyes that he's already been suspended one game. And I think yeah. it's, I think it's possible... Especially if they ask Drew Doughty um, for his perspective on what happened, and Drew gives Keandre essentially a clean bill of health, then are I they going to call it. Drew? Though I don't. Why wouldn't they? they? Why Why wouldn't you call? Because the player? you're that's, you're acting like the NHL's competent. That's that's the I, problem I, here. You know what? That's fair. I have no. Yeah, but. I think they're, they're, pro- they're probably going to call like, Tim Thomas and be like, Tim, what would you do? Yeah, Keandre was like, it was an accident. I apologize. I know I did something wrong. Cool, three games. Brent, <laughs> like, Brian, Brian Burke I'm comes at. in there and is like, yeah, it's not an accident. You wanted to murder him. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Well, I, rest I, of the game goes on. Uh, yeah, and again, we need to make mention. So now at this point, the Rangers, who have a healthy defenseman on the bench that they could play, elect to go 4-D, and one of those four is Ben Harper. And Ben Harper plays 31 minutes? I No, I think it was 20... I think Truba got 29 and Harper got like 28-30. That's still absolutely yeah. insane. It's literally half the hockey game, Ryan. I know. <laughs> ben Ben Harper. Ben Harper Ben Harper played half the hockey game. Ben I Harper. the picture. Yeah, Harper, yeah, Harper was at 25 minutes in the third. It's like, okay. What? What what's going on? Ben Ben, ben Harper. Ben Harper. Ben I, fucking Harper. And again, I need know, to emphasize this enough. The Rangers had a healthy defenseman on the bench that they're like, nope, can't play him. He needs I, to be healthy for after this game. I know. I asked this question online, and I've seen some other people ask it too. Like, hey, if you told me at the beginning of the season that the Rangers would get Kane, uh, Tarasenko, Mott back, and we kind of call it the Mott thing, but then also Nico Mikola, uh, like, how surprised would you be or what would you think? My man, I think I'd be way more surprised if you told me <laughs> Ben Harper played 30 minutes for the Rangers in a very in a very important game on a Sunday. It's yeah. Like, what? And then, again, ben Harper. I, I, we're stressing the D part of this, but we also need to stress that while the Rangers were down to four defensemen, it looked like Mika Zibanejad was going to have his leg amputated for oh, a little I, bit. I, I, let's get to that right now. As soon as he gets hit on his ankle, it just reminded me of Barkley Goodrow last year. I was like, it's broken. There's no way he's coming back. <laughs> well, that, like, but, it's over. I'm I, sick. It, it wasn't, it, again... Kane is lingering over all of this, 
right? So Keandre this all Miller, comes back to Patrick Kane forcing yeah, his way to the Rangers. Right. The Rangers, because they need to fit Patrick Kane in their lineup, dress two players they have no intention of playing. That's Patrick Kane part one. Part two is we're still debating if the Rangers benefit by putting Ryan Lindgren on long-term injury reserve to get Kane here faster. That's part two. Part three now is Keandre Miller might get suspended, which will force the Rangers to make yet another roster move, which could then impact Patrick Kane in different ways, and he's not coming here on Wednesday. That's part three. And then part four is Mika Zibanejad literally dies on the ice, and now it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, how the fuck can we get Patrick Kane when we now need to replace a defenseman and a fucking center? What do we do? And it's just like... I'm literally Those, sitting there like, Ryan, I'm literally having fucking Vietnam flashbacks the intermission of 2015. Was miserable, dude. I walked around my house, like, or apartment, whatever you want to call it, and I just, like, started doing chores. I didn't say anything. Yeah, I need I to like, emphasize again. That intermission led me to text Tara to ask if she wanted to go to a wedding. That happened because of all of this. I was like, I am stressing and freaking out. How can I make this more difficult for me in the future? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. uh, It all comes full circle to the open. But, like, Ryan, at that moment, at that moment, before Mika Zibanejad comes back out on the ice, like, I'm going through the 2015 Mets checklist for that week. I'm like, all right, okay, we have the failed trade. I got that. Got it. Then we have Michael Conforto coming up for some reason. Got that. Yep, yep, yep. Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe are here. I don't understand why. Well, look at that. That's a Tyler Clippard. I wasn't even aware he was going to do anything here. Oh, uh, the Mets are going to lose a game and wish to try to trade a player actively. Got it. Nope. Yep, that one already hit. Uh, and then the Mika Zibanejad <laughs> one, the Mika Zibanejad one was the Mets game gets into a rain delay in which they've already blown the lead, and people are now trying to figure out if the game gets canceled and they can't retake the field if the, if the game reverts back to the score before the ninth inning, which would then give the Mets a win. That was the moment I was like, this is the Mika Zibanejad injury. You are I'm a now, master at this. I am yeah, trying to kudos. do the math here. If this game reverts back to a second period and we now put two players on long-term IR, can the Rangers get Patrick Kane and somebody else? I don't know, Gavrikov at this point. Like, I'm literally doing the math in my head. And I'm like, this is fucking miserable. I don't want to be here. And then you know what? Mika Zibanejad coming back to the game and scoring a power play goal is Wilmer Flores still being on the Mets, hitting a walk-off home run and crying as he runs the bases. That is what Mika <laughs> Zibanejad was coming back. And I was like, got it, great. We're done. We survived the week. We're here. We did it. It's over. We're great. So then at the end of the game, Chris Kreider says to the, the personal trainer, isn't he so dramatic in a very funny way? The Rangers break a four-game losing streak and are now back on top. Uh, not on top, but they're third in the Metro, yep. sixth in the East. Yep. And uh, and, I, I, and I get, we should make mention, Braden Schneider was sent down after the game because that was the money-saving move the Rangers could do in order to fit Kane on the roster for Wednesday's game as long as they also send down Carpenter. Um, question mark? Yes. Which, again, begs the question, why was Carpenter here in the first place? Like, you don't have to actually demote a guy when you put him on waivers. You could keep him on the roster, and if the plan was not to play Phantom Chase, I'm just going to trust them. I'm just going to trust them. I get, I get it, but, him. like, is there a better player to have on your bench that you're not actually a player than the physical Phantom himself? Like, he doesn't play when he plays. He, he's perfect for that guy on the bench we have no intention of playing. Did they were they worried if it was Lachizan the league wouldn't see him and then they'd be like well this is nefarious you don't actually have eighteen skaters oh god so Patrick Kane is a ranger <laughs> uh the lines are as follows likely Zabinajad Kreider and and Tarasenko then it's Panarin Trocheck Kane you're still you're still of the mindset that Kane's going to play with Panarin I think there's no chance he doesn't. No I'm chance. just saying that Tarasenko, if, the, if there was no chance that he wasn't, why isn't Tarasenko 
currently playing with Mika and Kreider. I don't know. Oh, right. That's bad coaching. Never mind. Figured it out yeah. myself. <laughs> there you go. Kane will be playing with Panarin. It's it's the lock of all locks. And then uh, voice the med line. I can't which... wait for Kane to be on a line with like Goodrow and Mott because he I, just said I'll it. Throw up. Um, <laughs> I, but we didn't we didn't ask Emily or, or thank her for giving credits to voice the men line, um, which is on us. He, he, and then, she got Sean McDonough to say it too, which was actually my highlight. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then uh, the fourth line is just absolutely one of the best fourth lines I've ever seen in VC, Goodrow, and Mott. Boy, that is sick. Uh, and, then the, and then the defensive pairings are... Uh... Well, Lindgren is day-to-day. I can't even believe we didn't talk about this yet. It's for 47 minutes in. Aren't we always day-to-day, though, Ryan? We're, we're day-to-day every day of our lives, baby. Yeah. That's I, it. Man. But like, it's not... So the Rangers, Philly... They're going to go into Philly and they're like, Pat Kane's here. And they're also going to be like, we still don't have two defensemen. <laughs> no Miller or Lindgren. Uh, Schneider's back. We're actually going to play him this time, but we're still going to be down a defenseman. Like if Miller's suspended on Wednesday, they will have, oh my God, Hayek is back. I, as, yes, I'm saying, as I'm saying it, I'm, I am realizing who's coming back for a game in Philly to fill in for a suspended Keandre Miller. And it ain't, imagine, Ryan, imagine that on yes. thir- you're going to be there on Wednesday. I will be there. And instead of Patrick Kane making his Ranger debut, it they have to Lieber delay the trade Hayek. one more day because oh, they know, have baby. to fit Lieber Hayek on the roster I for get that to game. See, instead of Patrick Kane's, I, I think Kane will be at the game on Wednesday, but... I think he'll be there uh, too. I just don't know if he's going to be playing ice hockey. I uh, Lieber Hayek uh, seeing his final game as a New York Ranger. I mean, will that it be his be final game as a New York Ranger. What if he plays God, well, I, Ryan? God, I hope so. <laughs> God, I hope so. Oh man, I just I looking at the hit. You would have, I would have told you two weeks on Lindgren, and that's me taking into account that Lindgren is like machine don't break. I legitimately, I, I thought it was like three to six. I think he's gonna he's gonna have to miss at least a couple more games here. But the fact that they didn't put him on long term, when especially with the money problems they're having, mm. must mean it's not serious. Yeah, Has I don't trust that. anyone when they say day to day. But no, I mean, the I Rangers like, the Rangers would have at least said week to week. Like they're not so, that big of liars. So here's the upcoming schedule for the week: uh, Flyers on Wednesday, then a back to back. We go to the go to Ottawa to see the Senators on Thursday. You can skip ahead and just say they don't really need Lindgren until Saturday when they play the Bruins. Yes, and then they're off until Thursday because of schedule makers. Right, but they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna put Lindgren against the Bruins. Like they're probably not gonna rush him. Are you kidding me? They're not gonna rush him, which is why he won't play against the Flyers or the Senators. I if he's day to day, I bet good money he's day to day because they want him in against the Bruins. That is a quote unquote message game, Ryan. That's interesting. But yeah, if he if he doesn't play that game, he'll have till the till March 9th, which is pretty good. He'll be able to heal up in Ryan Lindgren ways. And then, listen, he'll be fully healed for three games in four days. Three games against, against the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Did you see they're calling it Rivalry Week? Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a week's worth of games. I'll give them that. It's yeah, just fucking penguins, stupid. Penguins, Capitals, Penguins, Penguins. <laughs> so which, funny. by the way, like, if the Rangers take care of business there and win, like, even two out of three, the Penguins are dead. I don't know. They're zombies. Do the right now, the Penguins are going to make. Oh, never mind. I'm looking at it right line. now. Never mind. They're not dead. Um, the Penguins have 67 points. Mm-hmm. They have four games in hand against the Islanders. Yeah, because the Islanders sense. currently have 69 points. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, nice. I, don't, I don't know. I'm just. I'm fucking tired of this conference. I fucking hate it. Miserable. Everything's bad. 
Miserable. I just want the West. Uh, Can one Western team just add an actual player? We've done five-star questions. We've done a lot. Do you want to do a quick break, do five stars, and then do Emily? You tell me, bubs. Do no. you want to do a, do we want to do five stars after Emily? Yes. All right, we'll do that. All right, let's get to Emily. Finally, 50 minutes in, we're going to take a break. Transition. Ayo, hey, it's time to talk about TickPick, my favorite ticketing app out there. TickPick, hashtag no fees. That's because there's no fees. When you go to checkout and when you find the ticket you'd like, the price doesn't change. All you got to do is go to the web website or the app. You can see all the prices listed in a row with deal scores next to them. So like A+. Hey, this ticket in 113, where I may be sitting on Wednesday for the Philadelphia. I just doxed myself on my own podcast. Pretty cool. Uh, I, <laughs> for the Philly versus Rangers game, I'm going to see Patrick Kane's first game as a Ranger. Maybe Labor Hayek's last game as a Ranger. All thank you to Tick Pick. So what you could do is you can go to Tick Pick, use promo code BLUESHIRTS. It's good for $15 off any first-time purchases in the app. That's it. Use promo code BLUESHIRTS, and you get no fees. You go to checkout. Some other websites, you go there. It's like, eh. Why did this fee just go up 20%? You see the price right away at TickPick. Love that part about it. So I will be at Flyers Rangers. Say hello if you're there. Let me know. Hit me up. Beat me. And I will see you because I'm going because of TickPick. So again, blue shirts. TickPick. Forever. Hashtag no fees. Back to the show. Hey, we're back with the guest of the day. We have Emily Kaplan of ESPN Hockey Reporter. Emily, thanks for joining of course, you guys are my favorite Rangers podcast, so wow. I could not say no. I could not say no. <laughs> um, over the past couple of weeks, there's been a lot of chitter-chatter about a player named Patrick Kane who's yet to become a Ranger of all but a formality at this point. What is your thoughts on the algebra and the hoops we've had to jump through to figure this out? Um, as for the algebra, I would say this. Um, I got into this profession because I was really bad at math. Um, reading and writing were like the only things I was good at in school. So I have deferred to others to explain how this fits in uh, salary cap implications. Um, that's why we have resources like Cap Friendly and why you pick up the phone and ask people who actually know these things. Um, as for just like the hoops and, you know, hoopla that surrounds it. I honestly think it's been awesome for the sport because it's such a great example of a player taking agency um, and creating a little bit of drama and creating some stakes in the game and the way that we see these storylines in the NBA. And I think a lot of times in hockey, players are adverse to, you know, big moves or to risk. Um, And so I think this type of player movement involving such big franchises and big name players and the stakes involved, um, I think it's great for our sport. At the same time, be honest with me. Don't you want it just to be over? Like we've, it, it's been five days. Come on. What are we doing? Yeah. And you know, like I want it to be over, but I, I really know that Patrick Kane wants it to be over. And I have a lot of empathy for him. You know, he's a guy that I got to know a little bit. I live in Chicago, so I've been around the Blackhawks more than most teams. Um, and, you know, he always imagined that he was going to retire as a Blackhawks player. And it's only been over the last few months and really only the last few weeks where he's had to recalibrate his brain and saying like everything I wanted and hoped and dreamed and planned for like just isn't available to me anymore and what is my life going to look like and it's really hard when you know he's kind of going through this process and everyone's talking about him and there's all this pressure for him to make his decision and rumors swirling and all of that so as much as we want it to be over I just hope for peace in the next chapter for Patrick yeah and obviously um he chose the Rangers it seems uh, do we seems. have any insight? Well, he did. He chose the Rangers. <laughs> he, uh, do we have any insight on that process of what that was like behind the scenes where it just was like, hey, Rangers are bust or I'm going to stay at Blackhawk or do we just not know at this point? 
No, you know, and I don't know all of the details here, and I've been trying to get as you know much as possible from those close to Patrick. But um, my understanding is, you know, he always had a you know appreciation for the Rangers, did a fascination with playing there at Madison Square Garden. Of course, with Artemi Panarin, who he is cited as like his favorite line mate ever. You know, one of his best seasons in the NHL is when he was playing with Bread. Um, you know, I had one GM from another team. You know, we were kind of just shooting the shit earlier this year. And he was like, Patrick Kane is going to be a New York Ranger, whether it's, you know, right now at the deadline or over the summer, that's where he's going. So I think it was kind of this open secret in the league. Um, and, you know, when he got to choose and he decided, you know, when he realized that, okay, staying in Chicago is maybe not an option or not the option that I want, um, he saw what was out there. And, you know, again, the Rangers came up and they chose Vladimir. They were pretty far, you know, behind the scenes talking to him. And then they chose Vladimir Tarasenko over him, which really hurt him. You know, there's all these questions about his hip, which hurt him too. Um, And he thought that door was closed. And then I think behind the scenes, he asked his agent and he asked, you know, the right people, is it really closed or is there a way for me to get there? Um, And that's what's been transpiring over the last few days. Yeah, I I do want to emphasize a little bit. And it's not just what we've heard. I'm sure you've heard similar things too. To me, the biggest example of where the Rangers made their decision and weren't always just like, oh, we're going to get both Tarasenko and Kane, it's the move in the middle. The Rangers wouldn't have traded for Tyler Mott and eaten that $500,000 in cap space if they thought they were getting Patrick Kane. And we know this now because just look at what they've had to do over the last three days to try to get the math to work. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't, you know, Chris Drury's initial plan. I think he wanted one high-end winger. Um, He thought that he would have to fill in the bottom six, and, you know, that would be his trade deadline, and it would be great. Um, You know, and then once they realized, okay, if Kane wants to come here so badly, that devalues it for Chicago, and the return isn't necessarily as big as we imagined, and we don't have to give up a first-round pick or one of our top prospects, and we really can dictate the terms here, and we're going to do a gentleman agreement with Chicago because, like, that's the right thing to do, and, you know, you don't burn bridges in that way, but, hey, if you're getting Patrick Kane, the greatest American player ever, uh, to come to you for a really discount price, like, you got to figure out a way to do it. <coughs> Brian Leach. <laughs> okay, all right, relax. So, uh, on top on top of that, Emily, I don't know if Kane, we, we, admittedly, you and I, not math people. We get that. Does Kane know what the Rangers cap situation is like this summer if he wants to stay a Ranger? Because it is tight. They have to pay players like Keandre Miller, who we'll end up talking about, uh, Philip Hedl, and others. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, I don't know if Rangers fans really know kind of who Patrick Kane is. And, you know, I live in Chicago, and I feel like I've always found it fascinating that Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze and their public perception and who they are, you know, around the guys, I find it almost to be completely opposite. You know, everyone calls Jonathan Taze Captain Serious, but like, that's really been Kane over the last several years. He's super, super um, focused, you know, ahead of his age 30 season, he decided, you know what, my body doesn't feel great. I am going to do all the research I can and switch up my training methods. And now I only do bodyweight movements about flexibility, mobility, and all these other players in the league, like Austin Matthews, have followed him because he was a visionary there. Um, anyway, this is my long way of saying he's also just a student of the game and a complete nerd of the game. He was always my favorite guy to go up to in the Blackhawks locker room. And I could just ask him about any trend in the league, any player, any play, and he knows everything. He is such a fan, such a student of the game. So all of that is to say, yes, he's completely aware of the salary cap and and kind of what the future of the Ranger looks like. You know, he's thinking, you know, two steps ahead in that way. But, 
he wants to get to New York. And if you can go in there for an audition and then, you know, you charm your way, you have a great playoff run, you convince Chris Drury to figure out a way to make you part of the long-term plans too. I guess we should talk Keandre next before we talk about more trade deadline stuff. Um, Conspiracy Greg is a little eyebrows raised that there hasn't been an announcement regarding a suspension or not today. Then it, the NHL can't be doing the Rangers a favor by waiting until Wednesday, could they? No, it's not that. It's He was offered a hearing. And when you're offered a hearing, that means that uh-huh. it goes to another level um, in the Department of Player Safety. And so that would be the delay, you know, especially something like this, where if you look at the video, it's it's ambiguous and it's kind of hard to tell is this intentional or not. And, you know, this is a player with really no history with the Department of Player Safety is a really clean rap sheet, a really great reputation around the league, but is accused of doing something pretty gnarly on the ice. So like, that's why you have a hearing and you figure it out and you get all that information. So that's really just been the delay. Got it. And we're, we're kind of expecting if a suspension does come down to be three games, which is the president that was set already. Yeah. Um, again, these type of things, it depends on the evidence. Um, that is the standard that is set. I believe it was Garnet Hathaway the last. It was. Did it? Yeah. It's 2019. Um, yeah, those Bruins and their bodily fluid. No wonder he belongs there. I mean, but... hey, licking is cool, man. I'm just that's all I'll say. It's totally cool, yeah, Brad. Exactly. But um, no. <laughs> we'll see how they roll. I I, I never want to guess for them. Um, yeah. It's always circumstantial, and there's a lot of variables at play. Totally understand. Let's actually go to the trade deadline stuff because I'm sure we talked about Keandre Miller for about 25 minutes earlier in this show. Yeah, let's let's jump right to it. Uh, Fuck the Eastern Conference question mark, Emily? Like, I don't know how else to phrase that. Like, I, I just, what, why, 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 why? I think it's awesome. You know, like, I've been at these Board of Governor meetings and the GM meetings of the last year, and everything's just been doom and gloom. And it's like, oh, my God, everyone's hamstrung by the cap. No one can do anything. You know, we, you know, everyone's stuck. And then all of a sudden to see this much movement and this many teams go for it in a year where, again, everyone's complaining, oh, there's so much parity. You never know what's going to happen. The regular season's been devalued. Like, this is awesome. And this is why we love the sport. So I know, you know, if you're a fan of a specific team, you're like, I want to be the only one winning the arms race. And if you're a fan of the New York Rangers, you're usually the one that does win the arms race. Like, you're the one buying, you know, getting the number one free agent every July 1st. Um, But I just think it's cool that so many teams are going for it because it creates drama and stakes and storylines. And that's what I'm in it for. That's that's great, though. But does the West know they can do it, too? Like, that's that's my question. Why is everybody leaving the West to come East to make my, my, personally, Greg's life miserable? Because East Coast bias is completely a thing. That's the only legitimate (laughs) answer here. Wow. Because to me, I look at this, the the trade deadline that's been happening so far, just from all the Eastern teams, Toronto is loaded. They're loaded up. If they don't make it out of the first round this year, I can't imagine people are staying. I think everybody's got to get fired. (laughs) I just don't know what else happens. The Bruins are loaded top to bottom. And then I just sit there and go, man, the Avalanche, they don't really have to do much. All they have to do is just get to the final and whoever they meet will be in a sling and bandages like they're Ryan Lindgren. Yeah, completely. And it's interesting with them, too. It's because, like, they have a year where they're not completely convinced. They're like, we've had so many injuries. Like, maybe it's just bad luck. Are we able to give up these draft picks? And then all of a sudden you look around and, like, like you said, everyone's going to the East. It's this huge arms race. And it's like, yo, get in the mix, guys. Like, you actually survived to this point and you can make a move. So it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. I think, you know, even though a lot of action has been done, there's still some moves to be made. The Kings have been very active on the phones. They're trying to add, um, you know, they could make a splash. The Oilers are 100% going to add a defenseman or else it's malpractice by Ken Holland. Um, and I do think the, like the abs will do something. I'm just not sure what. 
I'll I'll ask you. I, I want to know who surprises you, Emily, in terms of hasn't made a move yet. But I, I, I'm going to frame this question by saying, is it a little bit odd the Dallas Stars, who maybe shockingly are sitting atop the Western Conference standings, haven't taken any swings? I I get that. On one hand, you could say we're happy to be here. Maybe we weren't planning on being on this uh, at this point in the season. On the other, they've already traded the first round pick to the Rangers who have already repurposed that pick for Vladimir Tarasenko. But like, to me, I don't understand why the stars are kind of letting the market pass them by and they're not really taking the swing I thought they would take. Yeah, you know, the stars under Jim Nell, like they've always been big game hunting and they've been in the mix, but they don't necessarily always close on the big game. And credit to them, like they've just drafted and developed so well lately that that's why they're in this position now. And like, I remember going down there in December and Jim Nell telling me there was like a handful of guys, like a, a decent amount of guys on the AHL roster in Texas that like should be in the NHL. It's just like they're that deep right now. Um, And I would kind of, I know they haven't gotten the big fish, but they made a pretty significant move in giving up on Den- Dennis Garyanov, who is a player with tremendous skill, just hasn't put it all together. And you're kind of wondering, like, uh-oh, like, is this another, like, Valerie Nishushkin situation where you give up on him too soon? But you get Dadanov, who's a player that can play right away and, you know, it's kind of been that proven winner and a veteran presence. So, like, in some ways, like, that might be the only move that they felt like they needed to make. Um, you know, they've got a star defenseman. They've got a star goalie. They've got enough scoring. Like, they pretty good defensive structure. Like, that's all the ingredients that can go far in this tournament. So two things, obviously the Tampa Bay lightning traded their entire draft to Nashville. Um, and I think there was a lot of big time reaction around the league from that in a negative light towards Tampa, but then the New Jersey devils also got Timo Meyer for what I consider a light package. What did you hear on both sides of, of the, of, of those trades? Where is like, were GMs pissed off that Timo Meyer got traded for what I consider pretty little, even though it was a bunch of like B prospects and some firsts, or was it, Hey, I know Tampa's going for it, and they're one of the smartest teams in the league. And but I can't believe they just traded an entire draft for one player. Okay, so I'll start with New Jersey. Um, yeah, I think you might think it's a light package, and it probably is. Um, the truth is, they didn't sign him for an extension, and that's a lot for a rental player. It's against Tom Fitzgerald's typical philosophy. He believes your team is built over the summer. Um, but he felt like he needed to keep up with the Joneses. He felt like he needed to reward his team, his fan base. Why not go for it this year? Um, and that's why you see Timo Meyer go for the price he did. But again, it doesn't come with an extension and no guarantee that he'll sign there this summer. As is that part Tampa, of like, the, not yeah. to cut you off, but like, is that part of like the Kane situation with Timo? Like Timo's very um, friendly with a lot of the Devils players. Like, is he just telling the Sharks like, hey, I'm not signing the extension, wink, wink. And then by the summer, he's like, oh, sign for eight years. Awesome. Yeah, like, maybe. I just, it just feels like that. There's a real issue there with what the contract's going to be because you pay Jack Hughes eight by eight, eight million dollars. And it's like, okay, that's a fantastic contract. It's not going to age super well because superstars are going to be paid more and they don't want to pay anyone more than Jack. Like there's those dynamics they have to figure out. Timo's probably asking between eight and nine. I mean, I know he is and that's what he's expecting. So that's like a... Well, so is Brad too, right? Yeah. The, I mean, that was a big issue with Brad over the summer and they're kind of figuring out how do they play that this summer and they're going to try to convince his agency, like, you know, take a little less to be part of this new winning culture. So um, I don't know if it's necessarily like as much of a slam dunk, even though they definitely have the inside track to sign him now. Um, and if they get both for eight each, I'll throw up like live on podcast. <laughs> like you know, I'll just do six of so forever. Sorry, about no, that. no, they they built slow in the right way, and you know it's cool to see them come up around the same time as the Rangers. Like if that's the first round series that I'm covering, and it looks like it will be, like I'll be a happy girl. 
Uh, don't have to leave hotel rooms. I think that's going to be the best part of it. You can just stay at one that's place nice. for two weeks. Um, anyway, back to the lightning. You know, I think Julian Brisebois is the smartest and craftiest GM in the league, point blank. Um, and everyone's like, oh, this is the value of what a player costs. And it's like, no, that's your perceived value. We have different things that we value. And they're a big analytics team and they calculate a lot of things. I'm not unconvinced that their value and part of the thought process includes like ticket sales and then things like momentum in the fan base and, you know, trying to capitalize on this time. But for them, sure, that looks like a huge haul to you. We feel like Tanner Janot is the missing piece. We feel like we can lock him into a ridiculously cheap contract like Nick Paul for a long period of time, and he's going to thrive in our system. And we don't care about the ifs and the whats of what those picks are going to be. Like, we're trying to win right now, and this is the guy we need, and that the price is the price because that's our price. Yeah, I really I, – I, I hate giving Tampa credit because they're a bunch of cheats. Uh, but <laughs> that brief block quote today was – Perfect. Where he's like, listen, none of these picks are going to help us in the next two years. This guy will. So I, it looks like a lot to you, but this guy's going to help us hopefully get to our end goal. Again, in a conference where they will have to probably beat the Maple Leafs and the Bruins just to get to the Eastern Conference Final. Not a Stanley Cup Final. The Eastern Conference Final. They're going to have to be two of the best three teams in hockey just to keep playing hockey to possibly get to a Stanley Cup. And then, I don't know if you feel this way too, Emily. Ryan and I talk about it on the show a bunch. The, the the Lightning and Steve Eisenman are still the two teams or the two managements where I followed the Tampa Bay Rays rule, where if a guy calls me and says, hey, I'm interested in your player, my gut reaction is hang up the phone and figure out why they want this player from me. <laughs> I, I love that take because I completely agree. Like, I think, you know, you see it with like Jacob Rana goes on waivers and everyone's so shocked by it. And it's like, well, what does Stevie Y know that we all don't know, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. With Tampa, you know, maybe it's not as much as like the secrecy of CBY because Julian has been, you know, a bit more forthcoming about his strategy and where he sees his team. But um, he he can fleece you in a trade, and and you know, but again, those first round picks and all that they gave are so much more important to Nashville right now, just as they were to Chicago when they gave up Brandon Hagel. Like it just is what it is. It's market dynamics. Were you surprised at all, speaking of Nashville, that Trotz was kind of the name, the successor during the week? Where I I didn't feel like it was a Friday night news dump, but it was like a story that would, would cover the NHL for an entire week, any other week. I know, you know, it's something that had been kind of percolating for a while um, behind the scenes. There were some rumors about it. Uh, Trotz had moved back to the Nashville area um, in large part to be with his family. And so, you know, that he had some comfort level, you know, living there. And, and I think he was starting to think about what he wanted for next steps lifestyle wise, as well as on the ice, but on the ice, he wanted to have man- management say, and the people who have called him this year about coaching jobs weren't willing to give him, you know, full autonomy as a GM. Um, and this is just kind of that perfect handoff. So um, David Poyle, by the way, like that man is an OG. He's like, he's, if you get a chance to talk to him, you feel like you're talking like one of the legends of the game, but he's been around a while. They just needed some fresh blood and it's cool to see. Emily, obviously you have been busy the last seven days with the NHL. But I know ESPN is going to try to do a big deadline day spectacular like uh, our friends up north do as well. Are you getting nervous that there are going to be no bodies left to talk about for those hours? <laughs> no, we find the time to fill the air. And we're not crazy like those TSN. Like, I'm actually contributing to TSN's coverage. And my first hit, I think, is at like 8 a.m. I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, way too many hours of programming. So I think ours is a leaner outfit to begin with. Um, and honestly, I think it's just going to be fun to – 
chop it up with the guys on the desk. It's going to be Weeksy, Bucigras, and Ray Ferraro and me. Um, and I just think it'll be like an interesting show with a bunch of different opinions. And um, I still think it'll be worthwhile to watch. Good crew. Um, is there any name that we're not talking about that might be traded? Uh, you know, the name that comes up a lot is Chikrin. I feel like that's kind of that ship has sailed for the for the moment or time being. Is Carlson getting moved? Um, what's the next big domino to fall? I don't think Carlson's getting moved. Um, I think it's just way too complicated. And I think the only team that kind of really made sense there was the Oilers. And it didn't sound like that got to a completion point. I heard some spicy rumors. You ready for these guys? Um, oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah, I've dropped here first. You know, someone keep, told me to like keep an eye on the Florida Panthers. Like they're trying to do something. You know, they're theoretically the only one that like, could take on that huge salary if they unload another huge salary. There's some brokering mm. of draft picks there, but I don't think that's going to happen either. So I think Carlson stays put. Um, you know, I think now there's going to be a lot of eyes on Gavrikov. That's a really interesting situation out of Columbus. Um, you know, I think we're going to look at the Philly guys. JVR is for sure going somewhere. You know, I'm starting to hear a little bit about Kevin Hayes. I think if there's one guy that could like blow the like break the bank for them it actually might be nick sealer he's starting to get some interest but chuck fletcher might want to hang on to him himself and like not break the bank like tanner Juno or anything close but like sam lafferty like oh that guy's worth a second okay um so there's, there's still some intrigue out there um oh shit i had a question and now it's leaving my mind hold on I'm gonna welcome get to there. my world greg <laughs> it's a it's a family thing i'm like yeah. i gotta tell you us kaplans it's there one second if it doesn't come out of the mouth immediately it's gone what the fuck was I going to say? Ryan, say something else while I think about this. Sure, Emily, I really appreciate you taking the time. We've almost <laughs> hit for we've almost hit your twenty minute mark. Um, okay, let's go twenty five. I after before we got on for the listeners, it's like let's just do twenty. I've got a lot to do tonight, but come on, we got five more minutes in us. I got this. It might okay. take me that much amount of time to think of what the, what the hell was I going to say? This is miserable. It was hot. You tell me. Clearly, here. A great great podcasting, Greg. Thank okay. you. I'm so good at this. All right. Anyway, back. To, is it a crime? Uh, and I just saw our dear friend uh, Larry Brooks tweet, tweet about this, where the Eastern Conference Finals. We kind of talked about Eastern Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Playoffs, where almost like the Devil, or either the Devils or Rangers are going to be out. Either the Bruins or the Lightning are going to be out. Like it, how it's going to be miserable for fan a, a fan base that comes on here and just says this was our year. I, I just don't know how. I don't know how to process this as a fan and, and what to do. Like, Because if the Rangers lose to the Devils in the first round, first of all, we don't even think the Devils-Rangers is a rivalry until now. <laughs> like, it's, it's something we don't prioritize. Like, I don't know. There's nothing left to live for if that happens. Well, anyway, that's I'll, what I'm trying I'll, to say. Can I, can I counterpoint that? Because I, like, I, I, I get it. At the same time, say the it's this, this to me is just an Eastern Conference problem this year. Because think about it from if we go back to the one to eight, like it should be playoff format. I mean, a first-round matchup, the Rangers are the six right now. They'd probably match up with the Leafs or the Hurricanes. Like, that's still a first-round matchup. There's no avoiding it. There's just too many good fucking teams in the East. Yeah, there's too many fucking good teams in the East, for sure. Um, but I am an advocate for changing up the playoff format just because I feel like the regular season has been so devalued at this point. Like, you know, you bust your ass you all season long. It's such a grind. And then it really isn't that much of a competitive advantage at this point. So I think that there could be something um, – to be done to switch up the format, but uh, I don't think there's an appetite for that at the league office. I just don't know how it's not there. Um, it's, it's very, very, very confusing for me. Is there any upcoming changes that we should be aware of? Like, I know we don't know, for example, what the cap, the cap is going to be. It's probably 1 million. Could be four. Hey, if Leafs Rangers are the Easter Conference Finals, it could be six. 
I don't know, I'm making that up. But is there any other upcoming changes that we might that fans should be aware of in the offseason? Um nothing that's really brewing that's that huge. Like, you know, at the Board of Governors meeting there's this like quiet push for um them to switch up the divisional play so that there's more rivalries, right? So that there's more Rangers Devils games in the regular season, more Rangers Islanders. Like the idea being like, we don't need the Rangers to play every team every year. Like, I'm sorry, the fan in Anaheim like doesn't necessarily need to see Adam Fox or Temi Panarin this year. Like he'll be okay. Um, but I don't, didn't get the sense that there was like a ton of momentum for that. Like, I think that, you know, maybe it's something that comes up again at the next board of governor meetings, but I would be shocked if we saw some resolution there. Um, you know, I, I think this holding out for trade related purposes, that's going to get some look, um, you know, from the new PA head specifically. I know that there's a lot of people in hockey just don't think it's right that a player has been sitting out this long without any trade being imminent, like talking about Gavrikov or Chikrin situation, specifically Chikrin. Um, so those are kind of things that are bubbling under the surface, but it's going to be the same old NHL next year. <laughs> that, so was, earlier, earlier that was we actually about, the like, question I was going to ask. Oh, God, Did okay. you prefer trade-related purposes or roster management reasons well, as the reason why a team was going to hold the player out? Yeah, no, I, I prefer the third option, which is like, I think everyone should creatively uh, come up with their own ambiguous <laughs> and completely non-descriptive reason for why players don't go in. Because isn't every player scratched for roster management reason? Like that, you're literally managing your roster every night. And if you're not playing a player, that is a roster management reason. Vitaly Kravtsov was being held out for roster management reasons before he was being held out for roster management reasons. I know. It's silly. It sounds like legalese and it's dumb. And so that's why my advocacy is let's get creative, folks. Like, come up with other synonyms. We can do this. This will be my final question. And it's about sort of player empowerment. So we're we're watching Patrick Kane do that now. We've seen Jack Eichel do it last year. And the NBA, this is kind of what drives a lot of the narratives, the podcasts, the media, all this stuff. Like, hey, who's going to move where this summer? Is the league worried about this? Like, is this something that gets talked about where it's like, hey, we just don't want to become a player empowerment league like the NBA? I know the NBA is a little different where you're like the one guy who can really change the dynasty of a a franchise. But you can kind of do that a little bit in the NHL when you're a player of caliber like Kane or Eichel as well. Yeah, you know, it's funny because like every year for the last like three years, I'm like, this is the year. Look at this trendsetter. And like before that, it was even Taylor Hall who willed himself to the Bruins. I think people forget about that one, too. Um, And Claude Giroux did it last year. There's always an example or two. It's just, it's not necessarily in the DNA or the psyche of a hockey player to do it. And it's so rare that I just don't think it's going to become a mass trend. Um, And even if it did, I I don't necessarily know if the league has a problem with it. Yes, Gary Bettman is completely obsessed with parody, P-A-R-I-T-Y. I I always have to clarify that type of parody, not the other one. Um, And, you know, he wants everyone to have an equal chance. But I think he also knows that this drama and these storylines and these stakes are good for the sport, kind of how I began, you know, the show and talking about that. So I don't get the sense that there's anyone like, oh, my God, we need to figure out a way to stop this. It's, you know, the GM's fault. They're the ones that gave out these no movement clauses and really forced these players' hands and gave them that power that they're yielding. I lied. There's one more question. Do you ever see the NHLPA agreeing to shorter contracts other than eight years? I don't think so. I think guys love comfort so much. Like, I think they're the ones that wanted that longevity. And, you know, we'll see, though. Like, this new Marty Walsh who's coming in, um, you know, former mayor of Boston. He's got a ton of experience uh, in the labor world, um, in the litigation. Um, we'll see what he advocates to the players. And then maybe, you know, there's concessions that they want to make in the next, you know, CBA in a couple of years. But I get the sense that contract length isn't, you know, the number one topic. It's always escrow and things like that. Oh, Makes God. Sense. 
I hate that I know exactly what escrow is. Like, that's something I shouldn't know in my life. And yet I know exactly what it is. Emily, final question for me. Did you hear what Aunt Laura did recently? I did not. Oh, well, you got to catch up on the family group chat. Come on now. Oh, man. Oh, she's, a, she's a wild one. Let's go talk about this one offline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Emily, why don't you uh, plug on uh, what you're doing on ESPN and everything else you got coming up? No, we got our games every Saturday. And we've got the Rangers again this week in Boston on ABC. So those are always fun. Oh, and then, boy. yeah, you can watch our trade deadline special, which I think will have a unique flavor. Just think of it as like a fun hockey hang for a couple hours. And, you know, maybe there's trades that break and maybe there's not. Uh, that'll be mostly on ESPN Plus. There's a couple hours on ESPN too. Um, I'm sure our fine PR folks will get that info out. Thank you, Emily. I appreciate you taking the time, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure to chat. Oh, thank you. Bye. And we're back. Hello. Thanks to cousin. Thanks to cousin Emily. First of all, my cousin. Your cousin. Your cousin. To you, she's just Emily Kaplan, sir. That's true. Emily Kaplan. ESPN. I, I do love Emily. I, I, she is hard easily, She does easily, a great job on the sideline, for real. Number one, hard my favorite right cousin. There. Number one, my favorite cousin. That's true. Um, let's do some five-star questions. And yeah, listen, have- this first one, I'm not going to answer it. I'm not. And and this person who, who put it in, Jets Rangers 1, I, I really appreciate you taking the time, but I need you to copy-paste this to me in May or August or something like that. For the 23-24 cap, go oh, with fuck. Yeah. I'm not even listening. Yeah. Not even listening. <laughs> yeah. Like, I promise we will talk about it. I promise. But not right now. Yeah. I, I, I Sure. Whatever the... This my for- answer to that question is, I don't... Fuck you. That's my answer. <laughs> not that. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. But also... <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, this is from Nick D. Do you think VC in the top six continues through the playoffs... Or do you think Gallant moves Kako up and puts VC on the third line? This is probably before that Nick. I assume it's for Patrick Ranger. I still think you're telling me there's no chance whatsoever in your eyes that Kane takes one shift on a fourth line. Can you imagine? I can imagine. Thank you. Fine. Uh, I'll say no, but I might have to bet you that one. This is from not Chris Drury's burner. Okay. How would you compare the quote unquote Eichel summer hysteria? So the last 18 months of Kane's rumors slash hysteria. I actually have a pretty good take on this, I think. All right. The it's They're sort of the opposite of each other. Because Eichel to the Rangers was sort of always happening until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kane to the Rangers was it never happening until it did. So uh, I wouldn't say never. I think you and I downplayed it a lot, um, especially early on. And... Then constantly throughout the season. But I would say when we got to the build-up to Tarasenko was the first time it felt that it could possibly happen. Um, yeah, I, the Eichel summer, it was the summer, so it felt even longer than it was. And quite frankly, the Sabres took fucking forever. Um, at least with Kane, while this last week of my life has probably been the longest week of my fucking life, um, at least it, it hasn't been like it. If this has been months on end, like people were talking Kane to the Rangers at the same time they were talking Pasternak to the Rangers because people fucking thought the Bruins were going to suck this year. Remember, Remember when that? people thought the Bruins were going to suck? That was crazy, huh? Yeah, they're like, they don't have McAvoy, they don't have Marshan, they're going to be terrible. And I'm like, yeah, they're still the fucking Bruins, guys. Maybe you should relax. And now they have very, nine very losses team. all year. 
It's from Bretley. If you could go back in time and change one of these two NYR draft decisions, what would it be? Can have the Rangers take, take Nikas instead of Leas in 2017? I'm pretty sure it's Natchez, but I appreciate your effort. Did I just say Nikas? You wow. said Nikas, yeah. That was super rude of me. Um, have, have the Rangers take Joel. It's funny because in my head I said it beforehand. Sure. And then have the Rangers take Joel Farabee. I got that one right. Instead of Kraftsoff in 2018. No, for me, it's the, it's. I, I appreciate him giving me these two options. It's still Cam Fowler. Um, yeah, it's not close. Yeah, I don't know. Natchez has taken a long time. Like, not a long time, but... He doesn't develop to become what he is in Carolina here. Oh, God, no. Because even in Carolina, I think it took him like three full years to get here. Yeah, it just doesn't happen here. And Faraby, I, I, I think, is probably better more immediately, even if he's not the better over... Like, Natchez is the better of the two players, but Faraby... Like the floor was higher and was a more of immediate impact. So I guess like knowing it's the Rangers and knowing I have to get the player from day one, I would say Farabee just because I think there's a higher chance of him being good faster, even if I don't think he's better longer. I think I, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm I'm, I'm locked up. It's from Batchel twenty seven. How do we not feel icky about Kane ending up on this team? Mm-hmm. Is there something he could do outside of play well? Is there something the organization can do? Probably not. It's no. probably going to be person by person on how you feel about it. Um, I'll if he scores in the playoffs, I'll be rooting. Like I'm a Ranger fan. Like there's a lot. There's we've talked about Kane forever on this on this situation uh, on this podcast rather, and it's you can still feel the way you want to feel about Patrick Kane. Like there are plenty of players out there that do a lot of crappy things or crappy people, um, and somehow we still find ways to root for them in sports, or you ignore it and you just root for the team. Like there, or you could stop rooting. There is like it's all up to you, and it's all up to the individual. And like I wouldn't judge you no matter what happens here. Yeah, I listen. No one can tell you how to be a fan, and you yep, don't need true. Ryan and I to tell you how to be a fan because there's no correct way to be. There are incorrect. And even if ways. we do tell you how to be a fan, which we do sometimes, and we're right one of those times when we well, do tell you. No, we tell you but... when you're being dumb. We don't tell you like <laughs> how you should be instead. Like right. if you think the Rangers should have traded Igor because he had a bad week, you're a fucking idiot. Uh, but like, I'm not going to tell you then how to be a Ranger fan. I'm just <laughs> going to call you a fucking idiot. You say that, but I agree with you. Um, yeah, I don't know. The only thing I keep comparing this back and it's not one-to-one because the Reyes thing. Yeah. yeah right. And I had a relationship with him. Right. So like, it, it's not just that if, if Jose Reyes played for the Cubs was this great player, throws his wife through a glass door in Hawaii, which is exactly what happened. And then the Mets trade for him, and one, he's not the great player he used to be, and two, he has all that baggage. I'd be really conflicted and feel really difficult about it. That the, the Reyes situation is like, I you know, I was not just dealing with everything that he did that led to this point, but also trying to compete with 14, 15, 16-year-old Greg, who had all these great memories of Jose Reyes and literally thought he was going to grow up with this star that would play shortstop for the Mets. And it's like... I guess it, like, how would you feel the Tampa Bay Rays sign Trevor Bauer? It's not again good. not comparable. I don't think one to one, but uh, yeah, the, yeah, actually, I don't think it's one of them is totally yeah. Don't I don't know? I don't know. They're both accusations, Ryan. Like, who are we That's to true. say one's, right. one's worse than the like? They're both fucking terrible. So yeah, like, just brought, like if the Mets signed Trevor Bauer, would I stop being a Met fan? No, because it's a disease. And one I, of them I'm, is in blackballed out of the league, and one of them is. Yeah, but like, is that because that's baseball just where is better than you know, like baseball culture? And culture? <laughs> okay, I, I see I, what you're doing here. Yeah, I, and I don't know. Like, it happened. I, we're smarter now than we were back when this happened. 
like if these Bauer accusations happened back when these Kane accusations happened, you know, we'd still be playing baseball right now, Ryan, Trevor Bauer. You think so? We're just, yeah, I think we, I think we as a society are much smarter and much more aware of these kind of. I can agree incidents. with that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Though. More, I, I, like, I don't I'm fucking know. I'm not defending Kane in any light. I want to make sure that's clear, but yeah. And I'm not, again, if, if, I think you have a perfectly plausible reason to say fuck the New York Rangers as they acquire Patrick Kane. Am I going to? No. I, but again, I've, on this podcast, how many times do I have to say our lives would be so much easier if Patrick Kane wasn't coming here? But now that he is, they better fucking win. I think that's where my mindset <laughs> is. Like, if you're going to take on – the problem here is do you think the New York Rangers feel they are taking on baggage? They do not. Yeah, I think that is. They do the not, bigger... and a lot of people in the NHL don't feel they're like there is any baggage with Kane. No, and I, I, I think that's the bigger. I, I think that's almost that makes it worse, right? That we're not his, even that like it just like it doesn't it doesn't exist. Is like pristine. Yeah. Um, and obviously I the mean, locker room things with with uh, in 2012 as well. So right, like who knew what when? Yeah. I it's tough, man. I if if you don't want him here, and it's going to impact how you are going to watch and root for the New York Rangers. I understand. Like you, you, you have someone that understands what you're going through. I'm going to watch. And I literally think in my eyes, like I'm going to be critical of the New York Rangers. If they crash out in the first round because of the moves that they made, Patrick Kane included. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm with you on that. Um, this is from Ryan C three, three, four. What's your confidence level currently with Truba Miller pairing, and do we explore breaking them up? Well, we're not going to explore breaking them up because we're not. It's too late. Well, not just as that; it's not too late. It's again, it's a. These questions are difficult to answer because are you asking me and Ryan that do we think there's a problem? I think we'd say yes, but you have to. Do the Rangers think there's a problem? Is the question you're actually asking? They think it's going hunky dory. I think we've seen a couple times in games they get broken up. But they've never started a game separated. The goal is always that this is going to work, and then it doesn't, and then the Rangers are like, yeah, but I bet you it works next time. From Toaster Daddy, with Kane's stats involved, clearly there are more optimal players the Rangers could pick up for far less cap hit. That being said, do you think there was maybe a push by Dolan, thinking it won't be make the team dramatically worse, therefore get me a guy that can get the eyeballs on us and therefore take more money? I, and I, I know can, that you I, and I have I, the same I have confirmed with multiple people that this is the most – Uninvolved, James Dolan has been with the New York Rangers in quite a long time. Yep, he, he, I think that, and I'm with you. Yeah, it's he, not a Dolan move at all. This is not a Dolan move. This is Drury's hand is essentially being forced not by anybody but Patrick Kane. And we don't know the return yet, but it'll come out probably shortly after this podcast, and it'll be underwhelming. I think it'll be the, Zach Jones and a second round pick. I really I do. think it might be less. All right, so uh, I don't think I actually don't think Jones will be involved. So uh, I know he's I know he's been playing this weekend for the Wolfpack, but I mean Trey Turner spent a full year in the Padres system as a member of the Washington Nationals, so it wouldn't like Jones playing this weekend for Wolfpack just to get traded eventually to Chicago. Not the most shocking thing I've ever seen in terms of players to be named later. Uh, this is from Jay White. I'm not going to go through it fully, but in your opinion, what are the top five jerseys in the league? Whatever reverse retro Arizona's wearing, I usually like that the most. Arizona's, I love the Flames red on red. Really um, cool. I love the Sabres reverse retro, the Miroslav Shatan black and red buffalo head. To be honest, the Devils jersey is sick. It's a great I, jersey. I, I don't care. I actually like two Sabres jerseys because I think the blue Sabre crest is also really fresh. 
Um, and then, Ryan, this is going to shock you. I'm a sucker for orange and blue, so I really like the Oilers jersey. Shocker. Um, Ranger <laughs> jersey, obviously, for me. Uh, if Matt M., if Lindy is out long-term, which so far he is not, what are the chances the Rangers walk away from the Kane deal? Zero. Zero. Matt. <laughs> Um, Lindgren could have lost a leg. I know, sorry. I, would still be my apologies. Matt did, did write later in the chat. I withdraw my question. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies. Uh, two more left. Matt Jackson. Since Kane is likely happening, we Whoa. have to address it this week. Which kid are you kicking off the power play? Oh, power play two, which is not yep. going to see any time anyway. Yep. Probably all Keandre? of them. I don't care. No, probably Keandre, what? right? No. Oh, Keandre's not on it anymore, right? No, he is. No, Keandre's on it, and they still need defensemen. They're not going to go five forwards. You're oh, asking, I, I thought it'd be... You, no, it's Bo? one of Lafreniere, Hito, and Kako that won't be on it. It's probably Lafreniere. Oh, God. Is it probably not? Is. Like, you're, you're, Kako's playing the best of the three, you would say, right now. Overall, it, consistently, Kako is the yeah, highest the, the, the Hito peaks are higher. But on a night-to-night basis, who's the best of the three? I'd say Kako. It's Kako. Yeah. So Kako, Kako, you're not moving. And then again, we mentioned the Heedle peaks. So you're not taking Heedle off. You're going to have Trocek on there. You're going to have Tarasenko on there. And you're going to have Keandre on there. All right. Uh, Next one's about betting. So we're not going to go through that for right now. What? Um, But it's about parlays. We're all good. Oh, no. Yeah, we should. I mean. Is hockey the worst major sport for same game parlays? First of all, I'd like to say promo code blue shirts on draft games. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we've said this before, and I mean, it's frustrating when you're trying to make a same game parlay and you're really limited. The options are most limiting with hockey, where you yeah. essentially have to bet, you know, total goals over, money line, puck line, um, who wins a period, and then one player to score. Whereas, like, basketball you can do points rebounds assist you yeah, can do pretty much he says like it's insane to me that touchdown odds in football are the often equivalent to goal scoring odds in hockey i will say that it's, it's tough similar. to compare any gambling sport to football which is a sport that seems to be invented for the purpose of gambling on it it does um, and basketball similarly like it's tough in hockey because they're just they're I wish you could like include Igor Shosturkin over on saves in a same game parlay or power play points in the same game parlay and that stuff. But you run out of stats that you can bet on in hockey pretty quickly. Whereas in yeah, baseball, shots, shots on goal, I would like to do. Yeah, like shots on goal, points, power play points, saves. You're, you're like you're not. I doubt at any point you're going to get like hits consistently anywhere because first of all, hits are recorded differently depending on the arena that you're in. So like, it's really hard. Some books, I'm not saying books don't offer it. I'm sure there are books out there that do, but consistently it's going to be a hard thing. Whereas like baseball, you, you have so many different individual stats that you could put in a parlay basketball. You have so many individual stats that you could put in a parlay football. You have so many different positions and individual stats that you could put in a parlay. But with hockey, like it does boil down to goals, assists, saves. That's that's re- and shots. That, I think that's it'll get really better just over time. It. Yeah, but like right. it, it's it's tough. I I I wish that the parlays could be better, but we're really you know you just you don't have a whole lot of options to deal with. Is what I'm saying. Great, we've done like an hour and forty five minutes. Yeah, so, yep, yep, we sure have, buddy. Um, any other final closing thoughts on one of the most something that happens? A conversation I have very often is I say. You're never going to believe it. This is the most insane thing that ever happened. And uh, and I pretty much get told, hey, you said that last week. Where would you rank this in ter- this week in terms of the insanity of the last three years? This is my final question for both of us. Who? Because I think, I think the week where 
Panarin gets a hit piece on him from Russia is up there. I um, think uh, we've... Uh, yeah, but even then, that was kind of like a singular moment. There have been, like, the letter was a singular moment. It's not like this that week, week this they week traded Ryan packed. McDonough. I can't think of, like, a lot close to it. I think the closest you'll get, and it's hard to think about it, but, like, there wasn't a lot of time between the trade deadline, Kreider extension, and the shutdown. That that all kind of That's got true. jumbled together. That is, a, that is a crazy one. I think that is probably the – but even then, I think it was more than a week. And the shutdown was so – like, there wasn't a buildup to the shutdown where, like, one day it just happened, and it's all because Rudy Gobert tested positive. Um, so – it's hard for me to – I I think this is just the most chaotic week we've been a part of with the I, – I, I just think that week leading up to the shutdown is probably as close as we're going to get. But again, even then, like I think the trade deadline was a solid two weeks before. Probably. But that's as close as you're going to get, I think. Only thing <sighs> – okay. it's not a joke. Like the Experiencing that last week of July as a Met fan in 2015, like that was a war. That we all had to survive. This and it is was batshit crazy. Whatever's going on right now, this is one of the most, one of the most insane. And I really thought there would be times where this team would be boring. And by God, I was wrong. I was so wrong. Yeah, like think about the last week. Like Ranger fans quit on Igor Shosturkin, and it was like the number three story. It's not even number two. It's not even top five. What are you talking about? Like, oh, it was top. We five. talked about. We thought we didn't bring up Trotz, who we thought could be the next Rangers coach oh, at some shit. point. Trotz is mad. <laughs> well, first of all, he would be. Let's be clear about our reporting here. Um, I'm just saying, like, he's not not anymore. But no. like that, we're at an hour and forty minutes, and like that's that's something we didn't talk about. That's insane. I mean, we didn't make we didn't bring up all the moves the Leafs made. We didn't really bring up Timo Meyer. Um, we'll, we'll get into it, but my God, yeah, no, uh, man, it, like. A lot of shit happened. <laughs> the wrong, wrong kid like died this, that day, right? In, in August, so very fun. Oh my god! Uh, I just, I just want it to be over. Like, can we just? I'm, just, I just, I've never playoffs. been, I've never been jonesing more for an official colon tweet from the New York Rangers. It's probably out already. Are we doing? Are we doing an a, a, a emergency OT if this goes down before Thursday? What's What's the emergency? I like, don't know. Just like it's over. Like we just get on here and it's just Frodo it's, saying it's over. We make people done. pay to go listen to Patreon. We just go, it's over. Is <laughs> <laughs> it be the most um, ridiculous thing we've ever asked people to pay for? I don't think so. No, uh, no, definitely not. Okay, we'll be back next week with Vince Mercogliano. Oh shit! Uh, oh my god, I forgot that. Technically, next week is the trade deadline show. Friday, March third. So that's the trade deadline, and we'll be recording with Vince next week. He's lined up already. Uh, we talked some shit in the DMs already because oh. <laughs> had super fun with that. And uh, and yeah, we'll see you guys there. Thanks so much for being here on a, another insane week on Blue Shirts Breakaway. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, it's the end of the show, so I want to thank the NHL Insiders Club, um, which, by the way, we're at 99 members now. We need one more. Will you be that person? Will you be the final insider to complete the Thanos gauntlet? It must be you. And uh, I, I kind of, again, I said this last week. It started as like kind of like, I thought 15 of you would join and it's quickly become probably the best place to talk about New York Rangers hockey on the web. Um, I get a lot of nice feedback in the chat itself, but also in private DMs saying, Hey, like this place is really special and awesome. Had a lot of great scoops in the chat over the past couple weeks. Uh, been a little crazy to be honest with you. Ask anybody that's a member. Matty Jack will happily tell you, tell you DM him on Twitter. 
Ignore, ignore him. Uh, anyway, so let's, without further ado, thank you so much to these following members as I read 99 names. And somehow you still have your, you're still listening. And I know, I, I thank you. Okay, Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Cotullo, Adam Litter, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Carter, Alexander, Amber Cohensberger, Andrew Ronner, Anthony Terragata, Ben Weber's Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Brian Allison, Bill Rattel, Billy Huff, Brandon Lacos, Brandon Magnum, Brett Granger, Britt McGinnis, Britt McGinnis, Brett McGinnis, <laughs> Brian Doyle, Ryan Gallagher, Brian Mal, Chris Finelli, Chris Howard, CJ Stelling, and Conrad Benavis, Daniel Delaney, uh, Delaney, Delaney, I nailed it, Daniel Dezen, David Naredin, D- D- uh, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Darian, Eric Stagg, Gib Gardner Cup, Garrett Reynas, Greg Guzman, if you fly, Hayek waivers happened before Ryan watched Miracle Handle, Harrison Hasco, Hip Hip 89, Jake, uh, uh, sorry, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jake, or Jack, Jack Bagley? Welcome, Jack. Jack James Masker, Jerry and Marquez, Jason Zabranski, Jay Citron 40, JD, Jean-Jacques Francoise, Jean-Jean, loading page two, Jamie Mack, John Hurtsey, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Joshua Zarkin, Joseph Friedman, Christopher Florida, Christoph Berg, Lara Ross, Lazik, Gronowski, who I'm going to the game with. Thanks to TickPick. Libras Kayak, Lou Giordano, Lucas K, Mac Popic, Ma- Mark Popic. I don't know why I called you Matt. That was weird. Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kind, message him on, uh, he's a, listen, that one tweet Matthew Kind had today was a banger. When it was like, uh, when they trade for, uh, when they don't trade for Cannon, instead they trade for Chicken. That was awesome. Meatball the Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Mike Man- Man- Mancuso. <sighs> I think I got it. Mike Mancuso. I got it. I got it. Mike, Mike Puckstock, Mike Smith, Nate Hanafi, Neil Grover, Nicholas DiNicola, Opie, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel Kodarev, PJ Sisbarra, Pro Wilder Gamer, Randy Tesser, Samo, Scottish Grant, Sean Taggart, Steve, Steve, Stig Bullbach, Swingart, The Drop BK, Tim Sampson, Tim, Tom Seclary, Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, Tristan Wells, Vinny Bracco, Vinny Hay, Will Spector, and Winston the Golden Retriever. While I was reading all those names, I had a stupid idea. But I think it's a really cool one. If, if, and I mean a big if, the Rangers win the cup this year. I think it would be a really cool idea if we engraved a, 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 a Stanley Cup with everybody's name. If we win the cup. Everybody that's an NHL insider, we're going to get a cup. We're also going to send it around so everyone gets to take pictures with it. This is absolutely happening. So the Rangers got to win a cup first. No big deal. And if they do, that's what we'll do. If you're still listening, we're like at two hours in. So thank you so much for supporting. Thanks to all the Patreon supporters. Thanks for all the listeners. And thanks for all the advertisers. Um, makes this show happen every single week. And uh, we'll be back next week with more BSB because, boy, this team's got a lot of work left to do. We'll be here for it. Love you guys. See you then. Bye.